Welcome back to another Out of the Rough Golf Podcast. It is Open Championship weekend. We just wrapped up the 149th Open Championship at Royal St. George's, and your winner is Colin Morikawa. I was fading him. Yeah, <laughs> we can start off with that for a second. Kid had uh, Colin Morikawa fading in the last podcast. He was pretty sure that he was going to fade i was off by 32 yeah. spots i think i said at t33 is what i expected him to finish so i mean i was closer to being right than him getting last i guess but that's not really a victory lap i should be taking no and you know so, sometimes you got to die on the sword a bit You're, sometimes <laughs> you have a take and it's wrong it happens to the best of us well I, well i've not i've, I've been no stranger to saying that i think Colin morikawa is like a world-class golfer like i've always kind of stood on the the mountaintop saying that i think he's the best of those like three young guys that came out and i think he's going to be great i just i thought that he was going to take more time to learn links golf and as much as i know he's the best iron player on tour that he plays a predictable cut that i thought he didn't quite have the artistry required to win on a true links course and you know, I might make an argument that Royal St. George's wasn't really the Lynx style test that I wanted to see from Morikawa as his first Open Championship. You know, for the first few days, it really wasn't that fiery, and you didn't really have to be like that creative around there. But for the first two, yesterday the pin lo locations worked pretty hard, and it, it played. I think yesterday played the most difficult. That's a that's a fair point for sure. Um, but. Uh, at the same time, you know, he, he just showed that like, look, you just stick to your game plan and then you, you know, take a lot of the factors of course into consideration, but don't deviate from what you're comfortable doing. And if you play well, like you can make it work, especially at someone like Colin Morikawa's caliber. So I'm, I was fading him mostly because having not seen what I needed to see beforehand going into it, but it just shows how good of a golfer he is. And he just was like, just reaffirmed the fact that he's destined to be one of the greats. Yeah, I mean, he ball struck his way around the course this week. He did what he had to do. He never really fluttered today on Sunday. You know, he came home about as good as you could really hope for and put in the situation. Starting one back of Louie, and then he just kind of slowly started rattling some birds off, and he had that cluster of birdies after at the end of the first, first He nine. He never opened the door. The door was never even ajar, like, for, for him. He... He finished the last 30 holes of the tournament bogey-free. He was saving pars left and right. He was putting it close. Like, most of the time he was on and regged, and he had just a pretty clean two-putt. Like, completely stress-free pars. Um, but, you know, we got someone else on the pod as well. We got Jimbo, one of the originals, back. What do you think of Morikawa's performances today? It was textbook. Like, it, I mean, it was just good play. It wasn't anything that was, like out of the you know like out of this world crazy you know there was a couple of crazy things that, that happened throughout the tournament i'm sure we'll get into later like john rom almost albatrossing but oh god uh, yeah colin it, colin's game was just pretty it, you know by the book right you know do what you're supposed to like you said save pars don't make bogeys and when you get a chance to hit a birdie sink the putt and and that won it for him yeah, I mean, you could say like he didn't do anything exciting, which is kind of the thing where it's okay if he didn't do anything exciting. Like then that was probably the most like carefree win like he's had like maybe up to his career at this point. Like he he didn't really yeah. get bit in the ass that much today. Like he did get some really really beneficial lies in the hay today. Like there was one hole I think it was what sixteen or seven. No, you know he hit the green on sixteen. I think it was seventeen where he got a good lie 
and he was able to just kind of chip it up close. But for the most part, like that's what happens. Winners get some good breaks. Winners get some good bounces, and he took advantage of it. I think that coupled with with people falling off too. I mean, he had a little bit of pressure from from guys in the lower top ten you know, starting to come up here on the final day, but everybody that was close to him, you know, in the top five just started to kind of yeah, lose with, it today where he just kept on his game. Was Spieth kind of losing at the beginning, going two over through the first six, I think it was. And then, um, and then losing by two strokes. Yeah, I mean, but he... I, just, I don't, don't want to get on Spieth just yet, but I, I, the, the, the main pressure had to come from Louis, and just as Louis always does... He just didn't. He just didn't get done Sunday. He and falling apart on what, uh, what? What hole was that? That par five where he hit into the bunker. He hit the fairway and then launched into the bunker. Yeah, he hit. He on. I think it was. I think it's fourteen. Um, it he was? he hit into the fairway bunker and he had to chop out and to get up close. But he still put it close. He's still able to. I think save. No, par. no, no, no. When he went bunker to bunker. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was green side. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was greenside. He hit that cut, that, like that corner, really well. But then he he went bunker yeah, to bunker on across, that. He went across the green, to the right out of the second bunker. He went across the green, and then he ended up still making a bogey, which I thought out of that situation was really good at, at the yeah. time. Even that that but next going shot back to Morikawa for us. Going back to Morikawa for a second, like yeah. you say, you get like you say he plays played a boring round, but he was making some really clutch, pretty long. Well, no, no, yeah, and not, not boring, not boring, just not like, uh, not like chipping, you know, on 16 mm -hmm. to go, you know, two under, you know, and like, yeah, I wasn't really even saying you kid, kid used the word boring. Well, I, I was kind of juxtapositioning it from like Rom's round, right? Who like hit one to eight feet on like a 256 par, like par right. three, like 256 yard par three, right. and like Speeth making some long bombs, like, yeah, he just. Colin Morikawa's round just really wasn't all that exciting. And I, at the end of the day, like, that's fine because he was playing really, really just stress-free golf. golf. Like, he, he well, there was a couple holes where he had to save it. But, like, even then, like, th th none of them were, like, outside of, like, 15 feet. They were just – they're long putts for par. Yeah, well, for a guy that if he was going to lose it today, it was going to be with his putter. He went out and made the putts yeah. when he had to make them. And he's – true. like, people always talk about how he's not that good of a putter – He's doing like the weird switching between grips thing, and it seemed to work for him this week. It obviously did work yeah. for him this week. So I wish he'd have made that one on 18 when it just lipped yeah, out. Yeah, for right a birdie. There. Oh man, I wish. It, 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 he was leaning back on it, and it was so close. Yeah, but you know, he had it. He had it. He had a good enough putt to where it was an easy par, and you know, ended up winning the golf tournament. So yeah. I'm overall like I was. Me and kid were watching it, and I. I I was finding finding it hard to root against Morikawa, even with Spieth like running him down or trying to run him down. Like, I wanted Spieth to win the golf tournament. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm perfectly happy with Morikawa winning. I I like you know his story, and you know I like to see really good golfers be great at what they do, and hopefully he keeps doing what he's doing. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's really. All I have to say about Morikawa, if we want to move on to people, other he people. He just plays or... a clean game, man. It's just, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty textbook. If he if he has the putter rolling, it's going to be hard to beat. I mean, yeah. look, he's, I think you can go ahead and just, It's it's been, we've had two years of this now. And I think that's a big enough sample size to say he's the best iron player that we've seen since Tiger. 
Like he's done it in every type of condition. Now he's shown it whenever he needs to like he's right now, unless something major changes next year, like he's the best iron player on tour. And it's just, yeah. I mean, well, golf is fluid, you know, look at Jordan. He came out and was a baller and people go through slumps. I'm not hoping that on him at all. Like, but you know, everything's relative and subject to change, but hopefully he keeps doing what he's doing. It's great awesome to watch yeah for sure i mean i would try to defend calm Morikawa a little bit by saying like him and jordan's games are very different that his yeah. game seems to be foundationally a lot more stable than jordan's um and jordan just has i would say a higher ceiling to a degree yeah i'm not saying i'm doing a direct comparison between their games or something i'm just giving jordan as an example to like you know you can have your game dialed in on point and then like golf can slap you in the face and be like damn I don't know what went wrong, like what went wrong along the way, but now I don't know what's going on with my swing kind of thing. And I get you're saying he has a solid foundation and it shouldn't change, but yeah, Kyle Morikawa's game is, I would say, much less like fluid than than Jordan's. In the sense, like Jordan's game is clearly like a house of cards. Like when it, when it's going really well, then it's like the best out there. But like he has so many things that can kind of you just saw during this week, like he even came to like the the post round interview talking about like i had to deal with a lot of shots today that i wasn't comfortable with like i i, I still have scar tissue i still have these things that like making uncomfortable swings where i don't think Kamor morikawa took a single uncomfortable swing this week so it's just he's just like there's that that uh there's a tweet from jonathan wall last year about when they were doing equipment fitting like when he was in college that they had the data on the track man and his dispersion ratio for his six iron was the same as pga tour players pitching wedges like <laughs> And we're talking about That's over the course now crazy. of like six years where it's like, it hasn't changed. If anything, it's gotten better. Like that's just not a house of cards. That's like crazy. that kid's game is so, so like it, it can slump, it may slump, but you can just look at it and just see that like that kid looks like Dustin Johnson in the terms of like, it's just, there's not much going on in the swing, but everything's going right. And like, it's just going to be, he's just going to be solid for so long, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean that all, all signed point to that for sure and you know now he's got two of these under his belt he's two two for eight in majors that's a 25 percent win rate in majors like yes it's early but like that's the point it's early dude like it's it's fucking crazy yeah i mean it, it's uh well, it's speed-esque so far yeah i mean he's a bit older than speed speed yeah. won quite a few by like he had three time, by eight. time frame on tour it's similar you know like I yeah get that you can say colin's like you know, a more polished golfer because he finished school and stuff and did the whole collegiate golf thing. And Jordan came out earlier. And yeah, Spieth had three by this point. He had two when he was by the age of 21. Like he's Spieth still has like a quote unquote better record by that, by that point. And like PJ Tour wins as well. But you can call Morikawa winning more like of these is safer money than Spieth winning more of these right now. Like their games are just. Spieth has a high ceiling or and he can he can pull these things off like he almost did this week with not having everything working um but it's just hard to bet against Morikawa just doing this repeatedly yeah I mean we'll see where he uh where he ends up at you know a few years down the road or five years down the road as far as these majors are concerned I like the next eight years feels like it's the Rom Morikawa Brooks show like yeah. it, it 
I, uh, I came to a realization and it might not be true, but watching this, this week that I used to think that Jordan, the best tournament or best mass or major for him was the masters. I think it might be like the open. Yeah. I've been saying this for a while. Like this is the tournament where you can do it into your fifties and it takes artistry and flying the balls and every lie is different. And you have these weird slopes and you have all this areas that you don't land it at the flag. It's not target golf. Like it's the open is where Jordan's going to have his most of his shots. And that's what also makes me love Jordan so much because it's my favorite major. And I think it's the right way to play the game. It's most interesting and gets the most people in the mix. What do you think? How is the open for you, Jimmy? How do you like, how do you like the course and how do you like this major in general? I, I mean, it's always a treat. You get to go over the pond and, you know, make something happen. Hopefully the, you know, it, it's not, there's, I guess there's, <clears throat> I, I don't personally feel as much like British U S rivalry or whatever, you know, between the tournaments. Um, but you know, for what it's worth, it's always cool to see, you know, an American guy go over there and take a dub. Do you like the style um, of golf as far as, yeah. I mean, as far as the link style, I, I enjoy it. I like that, you know, the, the putts are crazy. Everything's firm and fast. And if you get in, you know, it, it, you get into trouble, you're, you're fucked. You know, if you get way out, you know, they give you chances. It definitely gives you an opportunity, you know, a couple of opportunities of, um, or I guess layers of, of difficulty before your ball is totally and royally fucked in the tall grass, you know? Um, but just to call him more cows, you know, rounds and, and everything. It's, it's just like that. If you play the course, the way it's designed to be played, you're going to be fine. You know, don't get testy with it too much. And, and just be, yeah. Be I mean, he never overextended himself, and, right? He, yeah, he never, he never put himself in uncomfortable positions. Like there, there was a couple of opportunities where he could have, you know, made a bogey or something big could have come up, but like, he always took the practical approach out. He never like went to, he never shot for the moon, you know? I, yeah, yeah and I, I think Lynx courses are designed that way. You know, like I said, they're designed to play them. Like there's a certain shot for each, you know, on every hole to, to make par. And if you just do those and, and you play with it the way it's designed and intended, you should make it out fine. But I think once you start to get a little testy with stuff and cut corners, uh, start to lose it on those Lynxies. Um, just uh, it, it would have been interesting to see how he fared if the wind picked up this week like i know it did saturday a little bit but the rest of the they were pretty mundane conditions especially for a link style course that its defense is primarily from the wind because you know there's no trees lining the fairways you know they use the the wind and the, the firmness of the golf course to make it difficult to play so it played less like a links course than it would normally play so we would it would be interesting to see how he does you know next year at st andrews um it did dry up a bit though and it, it started to get yeah quick. it did today today the the fairways quick yeah today the fairways were better um the greens were a little more firm but uh i definitely would have liked to see some like carnage some like 30 mile an hour wins not, <laughs> not necessarily today but for the whole tournament today i think I like the fact that it were easier. It made it for more exciting golf. Like if it was a tougher day, I think it would have been a Louis Morikawa, like just kind yeah. of battle, like trying to started. make pars and, you know, the easy conditions today made it for people like Rom to get in the mix and 
people to go low and you know yeah. not necessarily make it just louis versus um morikawa well, yeah, that's like I, right as I put in the group text, like, gosh, this is a boring day. All of a sudden, it started it turned turning on. up. I was saying the same thing. I'm like, man, this Sunday kind of sucks. Well, those first, like, yeah. six holes are, like, some of the tougher holes on the course. So it doesn't really start to get going until, like, the middle of the round. Yeah, but, I mean, the first three days, Louis, Spieth, and Colin Morikawa were making hay on those first, like, eight holes. Like, I think every – the first three days, Louis buried the first hole every time. And, like, Spieth, like – they were making birdies in that on that front nine during the week. Yeah, I'm not saying there aren't birdies out there. I'm just saying like those holes were more difficult. Well, and you had a, a lot of guys turn up today that that should have done more throughout the you know the four days. Like you had uh, who was it? Uh, Bryson, Ricky, Xander. Uh, they went what five under? I think Serge mm -hmm. went four. Brooks went five. Jordan went. Uh, well, yeah, can we talk about Brooks for a second? Victor Hovland, you know, he had yeah, a four under day. Uh, like so. non-competitive T6 for Brooks. Yeah, like we <laughs> kind of talked about pre-pod about how like if he wasn't in on Sunday, like he was going to lack motivation, just not do anything. But was, he, he what, what, shot low today. So. I get it. Was his motivation like, I want to do better than Bryson today? Like, Well, he was already doing <laughs> No, I mean like than... for that day. Like, Oh, but they tied today. They both yeah, shot they, the same score, I think. Five under. Five. Yeah. He was um, like, I'm not letting that happen. I don't think so. I think he, I think he likes to, maybe more than I thought, likes to make sure that he's at the top of the leaderboard in majors just to keep that narrative like, hey, I'm the guy that plays well at majors and I'm going to do my best. You know, yeah. I kind of say like, hey, I, I don't really care about normal tournaments. You know, I just go there and make a paycheck. You know, I feel like there's a bit of both involved. I think there's a, there's a little bit of that fuck you on on his shoulder you know for bryson like guy ah, yes yeah, i mean I the it. only of the last like seven majors the only two new people to be ahead of brooks and beating him a major and from this result was dylan fratelli and spieth so i think uh maybe spieth already in one major before that but like only one new person over the course of like last two years has gotten ahead of brooks um recently which was dylan fratelli so it's like he yeah he's matching his record where it's like there's probably less than a dozen people that have beaten Brooks in a major in the last like two years. Like it's either the same guys or there's like one random person that, that sneaks in there. Like, it's just crazy. Well, that's also a testament to what his comments were like a couple of years ago or like a year and a half ago where he's like, you know, like the majority of the field isn't even in the tournament. And he's like, it's really a tournament between like 20 guys. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, but you wonder what that is, it. right? What, what is that with Brooks that, that <clears throat> is it really, that uh you know he just he, he doesn't care or is it something that that i don't know one of those weird mojo things that you just he's told himself for so long that he just feels good at big tournaments that that he does i don't know it puts something on his brain that when he runs into a major he's cool as a cucumber and, and shooting lights out we had this conversation with ryan and clint a couple pods ago about how the way that major events are set up are differently and what skills they demand out of a golfer are different mm -hmm. and that we think the the margin of error between a good and a bad shot in a major is a lot smaller um is that the right way to say it smaller anyway you have you're 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 pressed to make a good golf shot more often and if you don't you're penalized a lot worse at a major championship than at a standard tour event 
So sure. because of that, you need to be able to flesh out all of your different skill sets. And Brooks is one of the better people at doing that under pressure. You know, so I think that's the sort of thing that kind of he looks at is like, look, these guys either psych themselves out, their games are actually kind of faking it on a lot of the tour courses, and they're not ready for the moment. So it, it comes down to he kind of considers himself extremely confident, extremely capable, and he's not wrong. Like, so I, I think that's what, what what's the mentality behind not I doing think, that consistently throughout the year? I think that I guess, he's he one just of the doesn't care. I think that he's just for one, I'll go into why I think he plays well at majors. And I think he's really good at just playing the course, how it's supposed to be played. Like he doesn't overextend himself when it's dumb. He makes sure he takes the safe shots out. And like, even in his after like post round interviews and stuff, he always gets real down, not down on himself, but like frustrated with himself when he makes it, he's like, that was just a stupid mental error. Like I shouldn't be doing that. I, I normally don't do that. And, uh, I think he's just really good at like trying to play the course, how it's intended to be played and making birdies when he should be making birdies and making pars when he should be making pars and not going for birdies on holes that he should be making pars or it's a good score to get par, you know? And, and to sure. answer your question, Jimmy, about why does he not do it all the other weeks of the year? I think it comes down to one. He probably isn't as engaged or cares as much. He doesn't, he's probably not practicing nearly as much for those particular venues, like where he would be kind of thinking more about the preparation for a major. But the other side of it being is that when those other courses have much bigger areas of um, kind of safety and the margins are much larger and where you can make mistakes, um, more people can fake it around those courses and they're not penalized to as high of high of a degree at those venues so like you yeah. could have guys that kind of show get up some lucky breaks and, and, and get some lucky breaks or they don't have they're not penalized in the way that they should at certain venues and there's more guys kind of clumped up at the top of a leaderboard reducing someone's likelihood of who's playing you know stellar golf to actually take it someone yeah. who could theoretically be playing better golf but just didn't get the same safety breaks that other people have had like results in them not getting the the, the w that happens to me all the time i get it um, just for the record, DJ at T8, which is, I was, ex- I typed in his name, expecting it to be like down in the twenties or something, but T8, um, but just, just below Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but God. I was, I did say that, did I say that I thought DJ was going to do better this week than brooks or i was i don't i I don't know but i said he wasn't yeah i i can't remember exactly but i do know i was not i was saying brooks wasn't going to do well not not well he wasn't going to win this this tournament but still do well whatever you'll have to go back and listen to it i wasn't paying that close attention it was something along those lines but um so you know we're kind of glancing over the the you know one of the biggest disappointments this week, but only a disappointment if you come to expect him to actually close these things out. But Lou Eustazen, um, once again, didn't get it done on a Sunday. Uh, he played incredible golf this year without question, you know, in contention to win coming down on Sunday for three of the four majors. And he lost out to arguably soon to be, or already is one of the greats of golf. He lost to John Rahm at the U S open Morikawa here and Phil, at the PGA championship. I mean, if you're going to lose to people like that's not a bad pedigree of people to lose to, 
And I mean, just look at the list who he lost to at this tournament, Rom, Jordan, and Morikawa. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is he didn't have to lose, you know, he, he like, Oh, we know <laughs> he didn't get beat. He lost. Like we're saying, like, that's, that's I think he consistently. Like his... Look, I, I was unwavering in my assumption that he wasn't going to win this week. At no point was I worried about Louie. Um, <clears throat> just on that for a second, I, everyone is always wondering like, well, why can't he get it done? Like why, what is, why, why isn't he able to do it? And it's a hundred percent like mental. Like he just, something happens on Sunday where it's like, am I going to get this done today? It's like, you mean to himself, it's like, nah, we're just not going to do it again. <laughs> like you, you, you would have to assume that's a big part of it, considering that his only major win at the old course, he blew out the field, like where it wasn't that stressful of like a closing stretch on Sunday. Like he wasn't having to like fend off a bunch of people. Like he just boat raced and it, you know, especially after playing so, such good golf all week long, like almost flaw flawless, you know, like doing exactly what you're supposed to do and make a bunch of birdies. And Sunday it was like a completely different guy, not completely, but you know, he just had some, you know, holes that didn't quite go his way and made some mistakes. So, yeah, I mean, shooting one over on a course where everybody else in the top 10 besides Scheffler broke par. So, like, that's not that's not a good look for a guy who went and to the, the... More than one under par except for Mackenzie Hughes. Like, everyone else was at least two under and a lot of three and four unders and a five under. What do you mean? Mackenzie Hughes was one under. I know. I oh, said, I th- he's just one one under. The rest of them are, like, significantly under par. So, yeah, he, I, he played out of the realm of those people. Yeah. Sure. I mean, today was gettable. T- today was gettable for sure. And, you know, I think he started off playing defensively because he had the lead and that was just a mentality shift. He'd have to make mid round to recover from it. And he just never had the confidence over his swings for the rest of the day. And, you know, honestly, the person who to me was making the most confident stroke today was Rom. Like he, he just couldn't get some putts to drop. Like he, oh, dude, Rom's just looking really good. He's looking really, really good. I mean, is that, it's a solo, yeah, solo third? No, T third with Ustazen. And he missed some birdies early on in the round too that, you know, could have definitely gone in and he missed some birdies at the end of the nine as well. But yeah, I, you know, I like what I see. Rom continues to be the best player in the world. He's reclaimed world number one after this week. Yeah, um, rightfully so. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it would have been cool if Rom got both the Opens in one year. Um, I don't think too many people have done that. But uh, he didn't do it. But a T third is a good good finish nonetheless, and I'm sure he can't be too upset with that after winning a U.S. Open. No, I'm I'm sure he's leaving this week really happy with how he performed today, especially and, after the Thursday round getting in contention the way he was today. Like, I mean, there was people you could make an argument after Thursday, like there's a good chance that Rom doesn't make the cut. Yeah. So he 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 showed grit, and it's nice to see that Rom is now contending at majors, not just like backdooring into where like pulling a Brooks like Brooks did this week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all in all, like really happy with what I saw out of Rom this week, you know, 
biggest disappointments this week? You know, obviously Louie, but that's only if you come to expect something out of him on Sundays. Um, I think uh, I should probably own up egg on my face. Xander, kind of a bit of a disappointment this week. Um, Good day you know, today. Do you owe Brandon money? I already sent him the money. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, finished he finished strong today for you. Yeah, but I mean, those early groups had opportunities to go get birdies. It's too little too late. I think it was like, what, like a T33 or something like that, what I thought Morikawa. <laughs> so he does what Morikawa, I thought Morikawa was going to do. Morikawa does what I thought he was going to do. Great, great stuff. Um, but, you know, Xander, I don't know. He's just got to get more more cracks at it, I guess. It, it's I, This is right around the time where people start saying, like, shit or get off the pot with how good he plays in majors, and he hasn't gotten one yet. So... I'll reserve judgment on that. I can let people take their swings at him, but I think he's going to get one. Unfortunately, it just wasn't this week. Um, another big disappointment for me, Justin Thomas, once again, non-factor on a Lynx course, um, kind of quiet all the majors this year. JT's got to figure something out, man. I mean, I guess he was it in, was it this year or was it in November where JT got a third at the Masters? Or was that this year? It was one of them. I think it was in November. I could be wrong though. I'll, I'll look it up here in a minute. But either way, yeah, uh, another guy is Rory. Damn, I mean, we're not. We're, that's all. That's all we're getting on JT. I mean, I mean you were looking it up, so I was talking. I, Rory's another guy who, you know, once again didn't really show up at a major, the Open, where you know he grew up playing links courses. Um, just a disappointment. He just kind of can't get there. Yeah. Where did he even finish? I. I... I think you finished at plus one. Like no, he finished at I think one under, but he he finished even. No, right. Yeah, yeah he shot finished even. T forty six. Wow. He shot even, even one under, one over. Like just the most, like just eh, like four rounds. Like there wasn't even like there was a moment on Saturday where if you really cared like he was like five under through nine or something like that and then he just started giving it all back on the back it was it was bad um yeah but jt like he won his pga championship at quail hollow a pga tour course that really wasn't turned up on the dial that much as far as like a hard major venue and ever since like except for like aaron hills like i where is he where is he on really hard demanding major courses like if there's going to be an easy, gettable open venue, it's going to be this one for the first two days. And it, it didn't really show up there. And the one Masters I just looked up, he got a solo fourth at the one in November when it was soft conditions. So it's like, where is JT when the conditions are really hard? Like his game should be good at them. He's one of the greatest, highest ceiling skill golfers out there. What's happening? Does anyone, like I'm struggling because he's in my wolf pack and I, I like JT a lot, but like, I might be too close to this. Like, what the hell is going on? I don't know, man. I've never been too high on JT in general. Like, there are times where I like to watch him play golf, but um, I don't know. I've just – he's he's he can strike the ball well, and you would think that he would contend to majors. It might be kind of like the Louis thing. He just doesn't have – like, he, he gets fu- fucked up mentally when the majors come around. He can't rise to the occasion. Um, I don't know. Everything would lead to him being to be being able to do well in major tournaments. Like his game on paper is good. Yeah. 
but you know you would think that's the last piece right it just doesn't be mental. have that it factor you know it, and you would say it's like it's like it's not like he isn't clutch like he makes super long clutch putts like in playoffs against people and like just he can be just dialed at the right time just what is it about majors that like is it just he can't is, is it like a persistent mental fortitude that a major requires that like getting hit in the face over and over and over where most yeah, people thrive on like it shaking like shaking off the like bad shots yeah accepting the fact that bad shots are gonna happen bad breaks are gonna happen it's just like working like being like okay that's where my ball is now and i'm gonna hit the best shot i can in that situation now instead of like dwelling on the shots and you know, it's easy for me to sit here and say that when I've never had any ounce of that pressure in a golf game and I get frustrated with my own game. So I can com completely understand how it'd be hard to do that. And it's easy to sit here and say like, you know, wow, he should be just doing this, that, or the other thing. But that's, that's why I think, you know, he. There's, there's definitely a different aspect, I think, in tournament play. I mean, for, for the few that, you know, that I've done, I, I mean, it hasn't, it's been a long time, but I remember the same, like the feeling, you know what I mean? When you're yeah. in like a very serious tournament and, and you, you know, you're sitting there a few days before it and whatever your brain goes through, sometimes you go in cool. Sometimes you go in like, you know, with your knees clacking together on the tee box and, and you kind of just get what you get mm -hmm. and try to keep it all together. But I, I mean, you were even saying it not to go down this tangent too far, but you were even saying like when we had the Ranger Cup and you're like, it's, I haven't had, I haven't felt these juices in a while. Like, dude, it's a good feeling, man. When you got like people watching you and you, you, you know, you, you're either turned on and you're, you're ripping, you know, or, or you duck hook one off of the fucking number one and you're sitting there going, oh shit, it's going to be a long day. Like, and, yeah. and that, that plays on you, you know, especially when like, the social pressure, it definitely plays a role, you know, and I, I'm, I'm sure these guys are a lot more tactful with like managing it and, and understanding, you know, their own mental stuff that I'm sure that they have people that help them with that too. But, but still, there, there's still that pressure of like, what do these people think about me, even though I don't know them that, you know, they're just here to watch golf. It's like, you hit a bad shot. And all you're thinking is like, God, I'm, you know, I'm a fucking idiot. Damn it. You know, and like, I, I'm better than this. And they, you know, I got to I don't know. It's just that thing, you know, the, the thing, the social thing when, when you're trying to perform and maybe it's not, you know, up to snuff. And I guess my point is for JT in that instance, it could be one of those pressure things. You know, there's so much pressure built up around majors and him needing to win one, like we're talking about that. it Maybe there's some, you know, tick in his head that just, just fucks him up every time he gets up there. Yeah. I mean, well, like it said, he does have one at Quail Hollow, which isn't the like best course to have one, but he he's in the club. He has a major and you know, there are a lot of guys just that just get one. Yeah. I mean, know? that's the thing I'm kind of bumming about though, is that like, there's lots of random dudes that have one, like lots of random dudes that just like kind of sneak one and grab one. But like, JT if you have, if you like have, if you have more. two, like more coward just got, like there's not many people that can fake it that are, that are in two. Martin like, Keimer, right. Martin Kimer, <laughs> before your time, he was he was nuts, dude. Like he was really good for a long time, and he's actually been close to winning more than two. Listen, 
that's just the first name that came to he my head that has two that shouldn't i mean not that he shouldn't but like that would be like kind of like a <laughs> random person that got one <laughs> but he's in i would get snuck into the two category i would give zach johnson that before i would give it to martin keimer ZJ. But, but zach johnson yeah. also has just like insanely good short game like it just i don't know how to really explain it like he had a couple of missed cuts this year but but he has he played a good year like all in all I think yeah. What he made? He made like seventeen out of twenty-four cuts or something. I don't know. A few, yeah. He had a few top. I think he said three top threes. So good job, ZJ. I don't know where he finished. Um. Uh, and all this, but been a weird year. A lot of people coming up over who I thought would, would be worth a damn this year. I mean, do we want to, I'm just, I'm happy that we haven't gotten any, like I was worried that this year we were going to get a dud major winner. Cause it's been a long time. Like we're overdue for like just some random getting a major mm -hmm. and dude, we've had really good major winners. Yeah, like Hideki at the master, which was sick. Uh, he deserved one for sure. Phil at the PGA iconic. And then fucking cool. Rom at the U.S. Open, deserving for sure. And then Morikawa getting his second at the the Open Championship. I mean, those are all pretty good. I, uh, you know, I think they're all pretty solid. Yeah, I would all, like I would argue and say that like we haven't had a bad major winner since fucking Patrick Reed. <laughs> and like his game obviously is good enough to win a major. I just meant like in terms of like a person. But that if you want to just suck it down that year too, because Spieth Ricky and Ricky, yeah, Spieth and Ricky were both in contention. Like, oof. yeah, Ricky played a good day today. Yeah, yeah, he won five under. He he's yeah. shown glimpses of hope, man. Like he played well at the PGA Championship, which was great. Um, and then he had some good rounds out out at this course um you he's know he's still getting over all year yeah he's he's had glimmers of hope like i'm saying <laughs> put him down put him down for a top 20 at the masters and next year oh oh <laughs> uh, oh I, I think that if he keeps finding his form like that's right around where i think makes sense for him yeah. i'm interested to see how this next crop of kids that come in are going to play like if there's anyone who's going to be hot like uh like you know hovland and, and wolf and and uh morikawa were when they came in it's usually like a five six year cycle before you find like super great talents like that but who knows that might start accelerating you know faster these days i'm really happy for dylan fratelli but i'm also kind of upset with him just on the fantasy golf side i mean you dropped him so long ago i know in the last three weeks he's but how many cuts did he again. miss before that? Like so many, so many. Yeah, that's why exactly. I couldn't do it. That's why I'm upset with him. Like, where were you? Anyways, that's um, we can we can probably transition into fancy a little bit here in a, in a minute. But what I would uh, would like to touch on before. I, oh, go ahead. Um, just one person that you were pretty hot on before the tournament, Victor Hovland. You had mentioned him. Yeah, he, he played ago. well. Yeah, it's it was. You know, T12, like, yeah, just outside the top 10. Like, yeah, I expect him to do better. I thought he, we, we I were comparing him and Morikawa, and you were saying he was going to finish in front of Morikawa. So, 
<laughs> so, so yeah, I got my Morikawa tape wrong. Like I owned up to that at the beginning of the podcast. Now you're like just trying so to drag it, it to the safe, dirt again. Is it pretty safe to say from the group group of guys, Victor Wolf and Morikawa, Morikawa, Morikawa is clearly the uh, best out of the three of them. Were you not listening to me at the beginning of the podcast? Oh, yeah. At the beginning? Because I touched on both. I was wrong about Morikawa, and he's clearly the best out of the three of them. I've been saying that for he a did. while. He did He did go down that whole path. He, like, okay, almost well, verbatim. then I wasn't listening. <laughs> hey, so, no, but talking about the young guys and one bummer that I that I wanted to talk about was I know who you're going to say. Will Zalatoris, man, that, that bummed me out. That he, yeah, it sucks that he he got injured he with that left. hitting out of the rough there. That yeah, when sucks. I when that happened, it looked like it, it hurt, but then he kept playing, and I was like, oh, I guess it, he must be all right. And he just started going downhill. Well, yeah. the, and then it came out the next day back. that he withdrew because of that shot. And yeah, it's like I knew that looked weird. Yeah, that's I, a bummer. I also should own up, and you know, if you just looked at the scorecard at the end of the tournament, this would look like a great finish. But big disappointment, the chef, man. <laughs> the chef. chef yeah one over today like what he grinded it back out happened? he finished with you know two birdies in the last six mm. holes but yeah those he four bogeys through the first 11 was bad man really he sloppy looked... the first hole was terrible he blew yeah. it far right and then he just duck hooked it out of the out of the hay on the other side of the court like other side of the hole yeah really bad that... just sloppy double on the first hole or I bogey he saved a long that... bogey putt well, even on the back nine, even when he was saving it and trying to put something together, it was still sloppy the way he was doing it. It was just like, you know, barely squeaking by and like, oh, you got lucky on that one. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wish they showed more of them. I couldn't even see if it was sloppy or not because of how bad they don't have shot links. So it's just like I, well, they, you know. I, they didn't even show him on the broadcast after like he got to like whatever it was. He was at like five under at one point, like three over for the day. They just dropped him from coverage completely. Like they showed a, a couple of his birdies in, in his little comeback thing. And yeah. But yeah, I mean, quickly broadcast fucking sucked. Terrible. Yeah. So many commercials, terrible camera angles. The on-course audio was awful. The announcers talked over everybody. The, they, they couldn't get a hold of a narrative. You know, if it stood in front of them, just arms out waiting to be grabbed. Like they just, they were using the world broadcast. So they don't, I mean, they, they, do know what they're going to be seeing, but like they can't like pick and choose who they're showing. Yeah. So like building a narrative would be a little bit harder this week as opposed to other weeks when they can choose who they want to put up. And you got I would I would agree, but you have all this time during commercial breaks to choose what you want to follow and what you want to no, show. I, I agree with that. I'm just saying one thing that would make it a little harder this week. But I also think there's no excuse to not have your crew over there. Was so, was that camera guy that that snapped in Jordan's backswing affiliated? No, with? I would think that's some other like publication, okay. like a magazine or no one at NBC except for the on course uh, like guys Bones with the mics, and Noda and stuff like um, that were there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the blimp shots were awful most of the time. Like you had no sense of what was happening there. They were difficult to follow in general. Like they had an abysmal amount of shot tracer. Left and right. Yeah. There was an abysmal amount of shot tracer. They like, they think they did a poor job showing the, the undulations and the, 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 just basically the way that the course was elevated changes and the, the tiers of greens and yeah, I mean, the fairways. So many of those 
fairways just have little hills all over them and it's mm-hmm. fucking cool like, when you get down low like the shot of morikawa on the back nine on sunday a day where they just had the long te- telephoto lens zoomed into him and you just saw the whole fairway running up to him how he's like sitting on top of a knob and like how much the fairways can catapult balls different directions if we got more of those like just replay a shot of filming down that fairway like that and watching the ball hit that knob and jump left like that sort of thing will like show the premium on driving off of the tee like i get like you don't have a crew there you don't have this thing there and like you're working off the world feed but like if you have all this time during commercials to pick and choose which shots you think are valuable to show like do something with that time that you're choosing (laughs) to not do anything like it's it was really bad and like I didn't hear anything really insightful almost the entire week apart from like a couple of things about where to place yourself off the tee, but they never showed it graphically. Like if you're not going to have a team there, spend the time building graphics for the holes and like showing the, 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 where the right places to, to leave it on the fairway to approach a certain pin. Like mm-hmm. if you're not going to be showing golf shots or being there, like invest in something else about the broadcast around graphics or anything like it's, it was a disappointment to say the least. It's my favorite major and it just didn't get its justice from the broadcast. It, it was brutal to wake up early and try to watch this tournament. And just like, I basically just got to see 905 PXG commercials. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of like the, I do kind of like the timing. Like, yeah, it's a bit early for the morning tea times, but fucking for thursday I or like for it. saturday and sunday like it works out pretty awesome i i yep. i honestly like it i have no problem waking up at you know six o'clock and like going downstairs like just having coffee and like watching a major championship like yeah it was it and then sure. it finishes before i go to work so that's always cool yeah i mean we're right now we're potting after it and we've been going for like an hour and it's only two o'clock like that's that's sick like they said the broadcast was going to end at this time on the scheduling like yeah so they were even ahead of schedule today, which is pretty sick. So I, I, I'm happy. I, I, I'm stoked on Colin Morikawa winning. I'm really hyped on us getting the Open again. You know, Royal St. George's was, you know, it's better than most tour events. Um, course the course is great. more interesting. Can't control yeah. the wind, but the course, the course played great. It played as good as it could, given the conditions. Like you would have liked to see the wind be more. You would have liked to see it be more baked out the first two days. Um, if we had, if we had Saturday every day, it would have been killer. We would have probably yeah. had like a, we probably had, would have had like a seven under winner. We probably would have had a lot less people like faking it around there. You would have mm-hmm. had probably someone like Kamu Morikawa, like really, really separating himself with how well he was striking the ball and like how often he was hitting fairways. Like speed probably would have been even further back with how often he was missing fairways and like getting yeah. kind of benefit of the doubt like having no spin out of the rough approaching greens and them staying on like yeah it was that was another thing too they were not sticking at all i mean they, i mean it as wasn't far like as I that saw, the tournament yeah like the first two the days day, it was a completely different story yeah i didn't i didn't wouldn't tune to to in in the first two days but it, it's it, all good it, it the today the course as far as firmness and it was the best out of the four days. It yeah. was it, the fairways were rolling out the most. It seemed like the green greens were the most firm they had been. And besides pin locations and the little bit less wind, like it would have been a pretty tough day. If you would have taken the pins from yesterday and the winds from yesterday, today would have been the hardest day. Yeah. If yeah. You, 
the the one thing like I do like how aggressively slope and pitch the fairways are at Royal St. George's and I like how it catapults balls and I don't mind it being unfair for certain people in certain circumstances like Colin getting a lot of lucky bounces and and Spieth getting a couple bad breaks like that that shit happens in major championships and you got to get to it the thing I don't love about Royal St. George's fairways is that they have a lot of those hollows that like they funnel balls in the same area and then you're mm-hmm. always playing out of sand divots. Like you get so many balls and divots well, that's because kind of, of those. the give and take, right? With the, all those undulations and mounds, like there are going to be places where a lot in. of people hit to and they funnel in because there's hills. Yeah, like that was my point. Is like, yeah. I like it's catapulting people, but one of the side effects of that is that happening. Well, also another yeah. benefit is the uneven lies. Like with all those mounds and stuff, people are getting a bunch of uneven lies. There really isn't a flat one on out there. So, you know, there, I, I think the pros outweigh the cons for those, in my opinion. Like, I, it does suck having balls funnel into the same place. I agree. And you don't want to see people having to hit out of divots. But the undulation yeah. and, and, and all those hills, it adds drama. It definitely adds like, oh, damn, you know, like you and, hit a great shot. But now you got to save yourself because you got a, you know, a fuck kick. And I think, <laughs> I think if they would have, gotten better angles like kid said like people would have been coming out of this this open being like damn that was a really sick course like because when they did get those shots it would really you know like someone's out in the fairway and you can see their shoulders or just like just Mm -hmm. above their their like belly button or something it shows like they're down underneath this mound or on top of it and it, it just shows more perspective of of the course as opposed to everything being up you know, bird's eye essentially, or right behind the golfer. Yeah. But, um, I, I think they really underutilize the drama with blind shots too. So like there was a few blind shots in that course that people were constantly complaining about or having issues with. And if they had shown with top tracer, what their lines were approaching greens and where the flag was with one of those graphics being like, here's a blind shot. Here's where the flag, we don't know if he knows it's right here. We don't know the start line is and then here's his shot tracer shape. Oh, he's way offline. But with us, you don't see the ball. It's a blind shot. So you don't really get to see where the flag it should be cutting to. And then they cut to a blimp shot of it, just following it with the background being the ground below it. And you have no sense of what's happening with the shot. There's like no, there's no anticipation. There's nothing unfolding. I'd like to see some like, like if they layered over it with like some type of uh, topography, you know, that actually gave you like, you know like this section over here is like five feet tall and then it you know anything anything maybe while they're like lines and shit the way maybe like right right before the shot or like while they're like talking to their caddy or something you could like do something with the undulations (laughs) like you're saying or like a separate but where are they gonna fit the morgan stanley commercial (laughs) yeah well the morgan stanley needs to pay for the topography that would be a bad (laughs) there we go yeah it would be a little watermark on the the top topography yeah. top hey tapioca. that look a little tapioca up there <laughs> dude, work should on we, that should... software work on that dude you're the you're the only one who's smart enough i think i definitely couldn't do it i don't know dave if you could do should we should we talk bryson a little bit yeah we'll talk uh, about that on the side I, he did exactly what i said he was gonna do like just make the cut and that's it I mean, but there was more Bryson stuff going on than just barely making the cut too this week. I mean, yeah, I mean, he said some dumb shit and then apologized for it. Seems like that's what, what happened. I missed this that. What happened? He played like shit, and then he was in a post-round uh, interview, and he's like, 
Yeah, I just couldn't hit. This is not a verbatim because I don't remember the quotes exactly, but it was a, something along the lines of like, yeah, I just couldn't hit any fairways. My driver sucks. We've been working on trying to get this face right. My miss hits aren't good. <laughs> like, and like, it was just like, he kind of threw Cobra under the bus. And then that interview caught fire on Twitter and all these social media and golf digest and other places, you know, talked about it. And they also got a response from a person that works at Puma who actually caddied for him at the rocket mortgage when his, uh, actual caddy quit on him, which is supposedly what happened. <laughs> so it's a guy that knows him pretty well. And he essentially came out and I don't know if kid has a quote, pulled up or not but. well i i'm more interested you what you said is basically right about what bryson said i'm more interested in what the rep when they contacted the cobra yeah. rep said and he said that's ev- why i said I yeah everybody is bending over backwards we've got multiple guys in r&d who are catting computer added design this as uh catting that catting this catting that trying to get this or this and that into the pipeline faster bryson knows this um it's real it, it's just really painful when he says something that stupid which is, there's also, I, I want to find, I think there was a, it's like an eight-year-old that gets mad at you. He said, they may fly off the handle and say, I hate you. But then you go, whoa, no, you don't kind of thing where it's like Bryson is like being treated and thought of as like an eight-year-old by their, his equipment manufacturer, which is yeah. just like, it's one, not surprising Fantastic. to hear these things. It's not surprising to hear him say these things. And the thing is, is that like Bryson needs to understand that like, you're playing a five degree loft driver with like a 46 or 47 inch shaft and you're swinging the club head at like, I don't even know, like 136 miles an hour with like nearly 200 mile per hour ball speed. And you're wondering why your miss hits aren't going straight. Like what's wrong with golf now where in 2021, we think if you hit a bad shot swinging at 136 miles an hour that your ball should still be in a fucking fairway pitch at a, you at a, at an open with like, 30 degree fairway like elevation changes yeah. like this guy's just fucking delusional and he no, just comes across as a petulant well, little child what he needs right. is a twist face you're on you're a in the twist fucking, face would have those things the twist on the face. direction they need to go with miss man <laughs> fucking, with the wrong company no, it's to, dude you're you're in the fucking pga you don't need bumpers hit the ball right don't have miss hits how about look and and I know that's, I mean, I that's would an agree. unpopular opinion, but like no, it's not golf, an unpopular opinion. He hasn't said hit it. Hit the yet. ball better and then no, fucking did. yeah. I mean, it's on those lines. Yeah. If you hit the ball better, then it won't go, you know, like hit it straight and it won't go right or left. How about yeah, that? He just he, <laughs> he doesn't want to accept the fact that it's him that's not doing it well. It's it's the classic, right. it's not the it it's the Indian, it's not, not the arrow arrow situation. Yeah. You know, like don't blame the equipment. It's the person using the equipment. They're, you yeah. know, the equipment's fine. Yeah. If anything, it's perfectly or like damn near perfectly built to what you want. They're you're asking them for something specifically and they're going out of their way to make a club that they don't even sell to people that like is a crazy one. Never one-off. before seen. Yeah. Yeah. And you tell this, them how to make it and then you get it and you don't but like, I also made, thought of this with this whole situation it. is he was using that old, like 2016 Cobra driver when he won, uh, where, Bay Hill. where he, yeah, where he won Bay Hill earlier this year. And he was using that for a bit, that driver. And I wonder if they're like, Hey, listen, like, 
we can't be having you use 2016 equipment like and now he has to use the like 2021 driver head which he may not like because of the cad face or whatever it may be like maybe his mishits were better with that 2016 cobra i've heard a lot of people like talk well about that specific cobra yeah but they could easily put that face on like just the body of the yeah. the newer one like they could i mean we don't know if that's necessarily possible because that that cad like goes around the rim of the face okay firstly like cad is milled, just the milled face or whatever i'm confident that they can get whatever face they want on any driver chassis that they they want for him he just needs to decide what like there's a certain threshold of like what's realistic for a driver and I think they can pull off getting a 2016 face on a 2021 chassis of like a, of a driver head. Um, but you know, what it really comes down to is that you tried to play your bomb and gouge game at an open championship. It's as simple as that. Like it's the only time I see this working out for you is like the old course where it's wide open fairways and you can miss it into other fairways and other holes and have all these different tons of angles to play from where like it'll be beneficial. But this was like one of the worst venues to try this at. Like yeah, all the fairways are pitched crazy. Like the, the hay is long for you if you end up in it. And he's, and he's finishing his round going like, this is by far the hardest tournament for me to figure out. No doubt about it. This one seems to keep me scratching my head. Like, how is it hard for you to figure it out? Like, it's just clearly don't do what you always do. Like, <laughs> the it, it's pretty anyone who has any golf knowledge could look at this and be like here this is why the open championship is bad matchup for your game on the normal tour venues you need to change it up and this is what you should probably do put your fucking driver away i mean it's a classic john daly like back in the day like he went to the open and couldn't figure out you know wasn't flighting the ball and i can't remember who but someone took him to the range after like one of the opens and like like dude we're gonna teach you how to flight the ball down and then he like went back in the next year or two and ended up winning it at st andrews yeah but where it's forgiving off of the t in terms of making larger misses yeah like, i mean i know you brought that up but like you know it, it, i'm just saying like you gotta be able to play it under the wind and shit and I'm, I'm i'm sure bryson can do that he just doesn't choose to I'm not too sure about if he's like his issue is his 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 ability to flight his balls. I think it's more he's just making tactical and decision errors off of tees, and he's making the wrong decisions in terms of how he should have approached Royal St. George with how the fairways were pitched and everything. Like he started to figure it out more on Sunday and some of the stuff he was doing correctly on on Friday. But for the for the most part, it just for a guy who seems to be so analytical and you know data driven and just like very critical thinking about what he needs to be doing about his golf game at certain venues. It just seems like he's just missing all of the obvious points with the open. Yeah. I mean, he continues to uh, make headlines, whether it's with his remarks after events or after rounds, whether it's hitting the ball really hard and far, um, you either like him or you hate him. It's Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I, I don't got much else on, on the open. I'm sad that we don't have another major for 263 days until Masters, but but we do have the Ryder Cup. We do have the Ryder Cup. I'm excited about that. Um I, I think it's shaping up to be a good one. I think the European team is actually pretty 
pretty solid. You, mm-hmm. I don't think you want to sleep on them, even though it's going to be kind of tricked out for us as far as a venue is concerned. Going to be leaning into just probably bomb and gouge golf. But um, I'm, I'm, I mean, from the looks of this leaderboard, though, if we're being honest, like it seems like we kind of get links golf pretty well too. I mean, American, yeah. American. All right, Rom, and then two international guys, American, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, so international, and then American. One more European, American, American. Like it, it like feels. I said, man, this it, it's a weird. Like it's not like a upfront in your face rivalry, but it feels pretty good, you know, when America starts, you know, putting it up no, there. No doubt about. It. I mean, I, I'm excited for the Ryder Cup for sure. Or I mean, we still got two months out for it, but it's it's coming sooner than uh you know we probably think. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't really have much more I want to add on the uh, the open all that much um yeah i mean if we want to get into fantasy a little bit we can. well we got two people on the zoom call that went head to head this week you and jimmy no didn't you and jimmy go head no, to head? me and ryan was, oh yeah, yeah. We head to head last oh week. you went head to head with clint or, that's what it was uh, i'm my head to head I, look here's the thing boys i'm not in last fucking place okay that's true so if i continue to do this every year then within the next what i think six or seven years i'll be in first place yeah in 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 eight years you'll be on your way to winning hey not bad not bad hopefully the pots keep increasing until that point so you can get more (laughs) of your return back (laughs) but yeah so to to kind of for those of you that are listening to the podcast i don't care about fantasy you know this is our our bow on the the open championship it was a good one I'm looking forward to uh, more opens in the future, going back to St. Andrews for the 150th, and uh, that'll be great. I'm thinking Spieth will probably win it. (laughs) Let's hope for that. When are we we redrafting? When is our new... That'll be... That'll be in January. Yeah, right before before Kiwa. No, Kiwa. Kapalua. Kapalua, sorry, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yes, so... Before we go to talking about redrafting, uh, the current standings for the existing fantasy league, which has, I'm going to check right quick. We have six weeks left of fantasy and uh, we've got the 3M, the St. Jude, and then we have the Wyndham championship before playoffs start. Um, So, but it ends at the tour champion ends at the tour championship. Yep. So in last place in our league, we have team long and straight which is not Ryan's me. team, it's which not is not me. going very long or very straight. <laughs> um, they are at negative 17 points. This is the lowest a team has ever been in the fantasy league. Granted, rules continue to change and make things a bit more extreme. But, you know, at this point, it's hard not to call it negligent. It's He's he's made one trade in the, in the fantasy, and it was for Lee Westwood for <laughs> Tyler McCumber. And, and then as I a result... <laughs> So that was that was an interesting decision, and it just and he's been on the pod since a couple times. We've talked about his team. He continues to say that he's going to pick people up like the week he's after we record in the, the pod. Text. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely <laughs> people he could have cut. He could have cut McCumber and picked someone up. He could have picked cut Kucher. Kucher has minus seven points for him. That's crazy because that, that's weird, but. It's not weird. He sucks. I, man, I love Cooch. <laughs> you shouldn't. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only person, I know. the only person 
there's only two people on this team with positive points. Webb Simpson and Kevin Na with seven and three points. The rest of his squad is losing points from. Yeah. And yet he beat Haley at the Masters in his matchup. <laughs> but besides that, like he's at negative 17 points. And yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it, just brutal. Just a brutal showing from his team. And we have to decide as a, as a fantasy what as a fantasy team or league or whatever, what the punishment for last has got to be, because we may not do it for this year, but we've got to put a punishment in for next year. So that people don't, like give up and quit on the, on the, on the season, you know, like yeah. th- this just isn't interesting. Like Dave went into this matchup pretty much not even having to like have his team perform well. Ryan's team lost two points at, as a team at the open. The next before round he- that we play as a group, He's got to go off number one. Pants we down. all go off number one. Oh, pants down. Well, <laughs> the thing is, we can't have like this. Should all this all needs to be agreed upon before the the next season? Yeah, we can't play, implement one no, mid-season. We can't now. Yeah, but but loser, you know whether you it's have to like play around in a dress. That's the firstly like not all of us are even in Texas. So, <laughs> um, the the main thing being is like I think it needs to be something right. that's kind of easy to deliver on and then also I think there should be two punishments one that's easy to deliver on and one that's funny like but I think just to further like I think last place should probably have to double like double their pay like just so you avoid last like if you had to put in double the money for last I think that's uh, I don't, I don't think know about monetary yeah, yeah monetary punishment for coming in last no that's one of the one <laughs> things it's easy to deliver on and then the other thing being is like people aren't going to want to quit on the league like halfway through, like when their team is slumping. No, like, but for year over year retention, if we make last place pay more, like they're not coming back. <laughs> they they got to do something embarrassing. Yeah, something that like, yeah. You like they got to do something on their Instagram feed that's just embarrassing and keep it up for the 24 hours or I don't know. Or we're like, we'll a, have to give I'm it some a, thought, but. I'm a loser t-shirt or something. They have to when they do something, something on their Instagram feed. Is we'll we'll figure it out. Moving up from uh, 10th place to 9th place, we've got your team, Jimmy, the Longfellows at nine points. You got nine. anything you got to speak on your squad about? Um, man, I just, you know. Your boy can't lay just hasn't shown up. Did, for that you. was my biggest. That was That's what I was looking at. My biggest disappointment is can't lay. You know, he was my number Can't one. Can't and Hovland, player. honestly. Like, if it besides this week for Hovland, well, like, he would have been at seven points for your team. Hovland also won on the European tour, which doesn't help. Uh, it doesn't. But, but I didn't expect, I, I expected Hovland to do exactly as good as he did. You know, not fantastic, but not shit. Like, he, he was a good middle of the road player. Shane Lowry, way to turn on at the end of the season. Love it. Uh, Justin Rose did not do near as much as I expected him to do. I mean, I think Justin Rose actually outperformed what I was expecting. <laughs> I expected more top tens, but Cantlay for sure. I expected Cantlay to be. Cantlay should have twenty points for your team. Right, right. If um, Cantlay gave, had had given you, he's at. So if he gave you twelve more points, he would be at um, twenty-one points, and you would be in the same position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you have to also realize that like you made some really bad decisions throughout the league too, like throughout the season, like you kept Chez for so long, so long. And let him just eat away at my points. 
you know, you you had, I mean, you still have Chris Kirk. <laughs> I just picked him up like a few weeks ago. That doesn't I mean, mean it was a good decision. It wasn't. I th- I mean, well, actually, I mean, he played good on day one, and he played good last week. Or uh, yeah, he played good last. week. He got week. top twenty at what is that? The Rocket Mortgage when the yeah. field was like. That's two field mice and a group of sixth graders. Hey, 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 don't, don't, it's okay. He did good. Um, I mean, what, what, you got any plans going into the playoffs, Jimmy? Like you, you, you have one drop and pick up left, it looks like. Yeah. I don't know exactly what my plan is going to be, but I do have, I do have plans for movement. Um, can I, so, can I provide possibly a recommendation? Yeah. I'll take them. Like, how about like Kevin Streelman? Or, um, you, my boy, I, I dropped him a while back, but he's been biting me ass ever since. Joel Damon. Joel Damon had a good, uh, I'll trade you Corey Connors for Patrick Cantley. <laughs> no, dude, honestly, though, like, it's not Corey Connors. Corey Connors has 14 points right now. It, it's uh, an interesting yeah. prospect, honestly. Like, it is, it is. Dave's but... banking on the idea that Cantley will find form. Like, right, and I think Cantlay has a higher ceiling than Corey Connors for sure. Yeah, but I let's hold. Let me look at let me look at the Sagarin rankings right now. Cantlay is 16 on the Sagarin rankings, and Corey Connors is 32. So there, he's he's double <laughs> Cantlay. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, listen, God. Was, he has more points than him. He does. The Sagarin isn't exactly the same as fantasy. All right. Well, let's look at strokes gained then from data golf. Oh God, that, that backfired. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't think there's any going to be any like real statistic area that Corey Connors outshines Cantley, but on fantasy, the way it works out, Corey Connors is beating him right now and not by a little. Yeah. But like no, like I said though, I think that. Oh that, my God, Canley is third in the world in strokes gained on Data Golf right now at plus. T- what is going on? Where he has so little points for Shimmy's team. You see what I'm talking about? Canley's ceiling is much higher. He's just Dude, not. Playing listen to well. this. Number one, John Rom plus uh, two point four six. Xander plus two one six. Uh, Cantley plus two point oh two. Then Dustin Johnson and then Hovland. Can't you have lay, two of the top five, Jimmy. Cantlay's just uh, missed some cuts for you, hasn't he? Uh, yes, he has. That's been his issue. Because um, he's won a couple times on tour this year. Who He is, won before the fantasy season started, yeah. and then he won at Memorial again, didn't he? Yeah. So Technically. Holding, Asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jimmy, honestly, it just seems like you got a shit break. It, it seems like you got kind of boned by Cantlay and Hovland, who apparently have been playing really good golf, but just not in areas that you need them to. Uh-huh. Like that or Hovland, I guess, is... like playing really well in the European tour. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then man. he gets fucking sand in his eye. Yeah, I get it. What? Bam. Bam. Man? I have to. Uh, my battery's almost uh, dead, so I need you to talk. Oh. About my I was like, I oh, thought shit. something serious was happening. Yeah, man. this thing could die on us, and we lose the whole thing. Hey, we're gonna be just fine, folks. But yeah, I mean, it, you did. You, your your two got a couple guys for you didn't perform how well. It seems like the kid said it seems like they're performing well, but fantasy wise, it just hasn't worked out. 
in your favor. And you've also made some poor mistakes, not necessarily mistakes, but could have no, it's made a, better keep, decisions. Not keeping chess for as long as you did is a mistake without question. Well, like, but, yeah, keeping we joked com- about it in the group chat, the combination I know, of I know. the combination of those two things just, uh, but in the grand scheme, it's a better showing than last year. So you're, you're trending up. Um, I am. Your team could have been higher, more towards maybe the middle of the pack. Grant, if you, if those guys would have paid closer attention on it, yeah, yeah, made just a couple different, you know, key decisions along the way. Did you look? You're not getting. You're not going to get last. He's still Harris English. Is he still on the float? Or Dave grabbed him. Grabbed him right before this week. I thought you cut him. I I couldn't remember. I did cut him. him that's, I, I, okay, then that's where <laughs> he, he cut them and he, he re-grabbed them. No, the Joel, <laughs> Dam- the, the Joel Dahman pick is not, uh, it's not crazy. Um, Stuart Sink. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm just throwing names out there. They might be good. Really they might though. be bad. Um, Kyrdek, Appy Barnrat. Always a favorite in my heart. Yeah, he's out on he's on the wire though. If you're interested, I, I'm sure he is. <laughs> Smiley sure Kaufman, he is. on the uh, wire. Brian Harmon, who's holding him? He, he's on Dave's team. Mm. Oh, really? I just keep mentioning all the Dave's players. Jimmy, I'll trade you Ricky for Hovland. No. All Again, right. Hovland's ceiling is way higher. What about? Corey Connors for Hobland. <laughs> oh, that's a test team. But I did. I honestly, after after I saw Corey Connors roller coaster of a tournament in day today, I'm not. It wasn't a roller coaster of a tournament. It was a bad showing on a Sunday at a major championship he had contention in. Let me. That's a, that's a big difference. He doesn't wow, have a major. <laughs> Dave doesn't sound desperate well, at all for this. He's been round. playing well yeah. all year. Well, no, I don't want him down talking to the guy on my team. I'm going to ride hard. He missed two cuts for, for this major in a row. Yeah, but 14 points, man, in the fantasy. He's played well all year. Like, yeah, you have a hiccup or two. He, he was you know, nervous about playing a major, and then he pretty much rose to the occasion and just the last little bit couldn't hold it together. But now that, now that you're talking about it, I want to keep him. Yeah, there okay, you go. That's fine. <laughs> Dave, I'll trade you Ricky for Corey Connors. Oh shit! Oh Ten, shit! Nine, eight, seven, six, five, <laughs> he hadn't said four, three, He's two, shaking his head. one. <laughs> no, no. How dare you put that dilemma <laughs> in front of me? That was fucking rude. That was fucking rude. It was. <laughs> Dave isn't taking Ricky. You heard it here first. He, yep, Dave. He's not, not have taking faith. Ricky for Corey Connors. He does not. Corey have Connors. Faith. Dave thinks that Corey Connors is better than Ricky Fowler. That's exactly what that's saying. <laughs> He's silent. He's fuming. <laughs> How embarrassing for you! It's not embarrassing. Unbelievable. I hope, I hope to God Ricky doesn't listen to this podcast. And the, I gave him a countdown too. Ricky knows too. I ride hard for him, man. But I've clearly got, not hard enough. I've got a monetary gain in my in my grasp here. And you don't think Ricky can get it done, even though you bet on him to win this tournament, Ricky? The, <laughs> bo- the bottom line is exactly that's how hard I ride for the guy. But you I, won't bet this fantasy on him because I'm in a good position to win. And if R- Ricky, if Ricky was coming in higher at the FedEx, uh, the FedEx Cup rankings, 
he's like 125 right now. So if he has a bad first tournament, like he's out. All I'm Corey hearing Connors is that you're is not be coming into it in a much better position. All I'm hearing is that you don't have faith in Rick to get it done. Not at this given moment. Not to not to win the uh, the tour championship or even get to the the tour championship. Uh, not over Corey Connors. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I think Corey Connors should be there. Wow. Yeah, it's bad, Jimmy. Not not a good look. <laughs> not a wow. good look. Wow. All right, moving up from Jimmy's team in uh, in eighth place, we've got Mitch Palooza, who recently suffered a blow loss to me at uh, the Open Championship. And uh, as much as Brooks tried to carry that team to victory, he got four goose eggs from Xander, Adam Scott, Max Homa, and Sam Burns, and then a miscut from Ryan Palmer. So not not an ideal I finish like for his Ryan team. Palmer. I like that. That guy. Out of all those names, you liked Ryan Palmer. Okay. Well, the, the last few, yeah, yeah, I know. Happens to be. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. I, I don't really have much else to say. Dave and I had this. <laughs> Dave and I had this conversation about you know who's too far back to win this league, and we said that Mitch was too far back at the beginning beginning of this week, and he's for sure too far back now after this week. I think he had a decent squad. I think he made some interesting decisions to pick up Homa after the West Coast swing. You know, you just kind of know that he's not going to do much after the West Coast swing. Um, I mean, that's not necessarily true. But look, Xander and Brooks are kind of underperforming for his team. They both have 15 points. You'd like to see both of them in the 20s at least. Um, Adam Scott, three points. You know, Adam Scott's either going to give you like three points or he's going to give you like 15 points. He came out three points this week or this this season. He, he's he got a high ceiling and he's a good performer in tough conditions, but not a whole lot else. Um, I don't know. His team didn't really play badly. It just, it just, they just didn't do much. Um, up from Mitch's team in seventh place, the bitch tip bandits. Um, Who has had the, a meteoric the, the, fall from the first base position where he was very they, they held on to league number one for the most length of time but as dave said ever since the pga championship has just been downhill uh their team has underperformed the majors drastically um i think they were kind of gifted a masters matchup win to be honest with you and uh and to to be the I mean, their team just started to perform like Dave said. They started to play just how they should have played if they, if you had Patrick Reed and Kokrak and Fitzpatrick and Billy Horschel. Um, I obviously didn't say Sungjae. Sungjae's stellar, even though he does only have six points for his team. It's a bummer. Um, what's up, Jimmy? Oh, I, I was th- I, thinking out loud. Did nobody pick up Kisner? He's out. Yeah, I he dropped him. Yeah, yeah no out. one yeah. has Kisner. Oh, I'm about to. Sorry, this is a sidebar, but I'm about to slide that one. Go for it, man. That's your last drop and pickup, though. Whoever you're going to drop and pick up. I'm dropping Kirk for sure. What a trash. Uh, you don't want to drop Cantlay or Hopland? You can't even pick him <laughs> up if he drops him. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, you know, I was just saying you don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to put rules in place, like for like Ryan, for him not to be like, who wants web? I'll give someone web. <laughs> just <laughs> if he just starts doing shit like that, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, you have to vote. People, you have to vote, right? People have to be, or we, you and I have to confirm. I mean, we have to just right. confirm it. Yeah. But like, if someone just like says, "Fuck this season," who wants Web? Yeah, I mean, that's Web for what? Web for two dollars. <laughs> if he wants to trade Web, it has to be for someone like reasonable, like a reasonable trade. Yeah, if, he, can't if it's it. like Web for Chris Kirk, <laughs> <laughs> deal. Um, yeah. So, bitch shit bands have have pretty much. They're at 31 points. They pretty much just, I think the highest they ever got was 39 points or something like that. And they haven't cracked that number since. Um, moving up from, I believe that's the seventh position to sixth is Andy's squad, who actually did pretty well at this major. They won their matchup. They got eight points on top of the five that you get for the matchup. So they came up 11 points to 35 points. Um, I would argue at this stage that they're out of it. Um, I, I don't think they could possibly win but if they get on just an insane heater for the the playoffs which might happen with someone like dustin johnson and tony fino um you know if they just come out and they just rack up a bunch of top tens and maybe some wins from either of them he might actually kind of cruise into maybe second possibly um or third possibly second uh but i just don't see them being able to make up what is that 30 nope that's yeah thir- like 38 points it's it's just not doesn't seem possible well, at, with six events yeah. left. Um, next up there at, I think this is fourth place. No, f- uh, fifth place. Tyler's team, Oops, Daddy's Home. They seem like they were going to be it's the ones six. that... Uh, you... Fifth. Andy oh, was sixth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fifth. Uh, Oops, Daddy's Home, which is Tyler's team. They, you know, they had a horrible open. I mean, it sucks that Will Zalatoris had a WD for sure, but... They had three missed cuts, one of them being the WD, and they lost their matchup, combined to lose 11 points for this major, dropping themselves all the way from 55 points to 44 points, and now they've fallen all the way from what was, I think, second to... They were in first for a while, too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that team looks strong, and it's mostly because JT, nine points this year. Like, really, really, really quiet showing from JT this year. Um and he was drafted first and he would have been drafted first. If I got the first pick too, I was going to pick JT. So kind of, kind of wild, honestly, like really quiet year, cold year for JT. Sad to see, um, up to four, fourth place in the league hails handicap hunks. She's, yeah. she, I think the highest she's reached is second, maybe even maybe third, but she dropped down to like, I think six at one point she, she did a good job this week. Her team, had a couple missed cuts, but still clawed their way back. Jason Day and Russell Henley both missed the cut at uh, at this event, but she got a top 10 out of Daniel Berger, a top 20 out of Paul Casey. You know, that was pretty much the best she could do with how bad Bryson DeChambeau was playing. Yeah, I mean, and... And she Bryson won her matchup. Has, and Bryson has underperformed for her first pick compared to, like, last year, what she was going off of picking him first. Like, he has had a much worse year this year, and you know, yeah, eleven points from Bryson. Him, I would expect him to be in at least the twenties. I mean, there was a lot of number one or a lot of first round picks that underperformed this year. Justin Thomas, Cantley, Dustin Johnson at eight points. Like, I would say Rory's underperforming at twelve points. Like, yeah. a lot of kind of quiet first rounders this season which I mean, is kind of sad that's gonna happen every year like not but a every, lot of them yeah it's a it's definitely a lot of them my first round pick is not underperforming um, yeah, we'll get gonna... to you <laughs> wait your turn jesus 
Um, moving up from Hales Handicap Hunks uh, is my team, Jobby Bones, in third place. Um, my squad is being led by the golden boy, Jojo Spieth, at 27 points. Another top 10 at a major. Or I guess not another top 10 at a major. I think this is his first top 10 at a major. But, um, you know, solo second. I mean, he's just killing it. He got a win this season. He's just so consistent this year. I'm loving what I saw of JoJo. I, I, I had confidence in him at the beginning of the year. I didn't doubt it, and I, I'm glad I, I jumped on the train right before she took off. Uh, so so hyped. Picked him up uh, on so a proud good of year. him. What's that? So picked him up on a good year. <clears throat> yeah, I mean – I did it. I did that. <laughs> I, I did it. Um, you know, and his fellow Dallas brethren, Scotty Chef, 22 points. I picked him up in, what was it, the, the second? He's my second round pick. I mean, people were, you know, gasping at the Scotty Chef pickets in the second round. And you know what? Paying dividends. Um, I'm wondering if any, if there's any other higher, is there a higher performing second round pick in the league? I don't know if that's, if that's true. No, I don't see not. it. He's the highest performing second round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I got Rory with 12 points, which is obviously a pretty cold year for Rory. One point from Ricky, which is better than no points from Ricky. Um, uh, Keegan killed me this week by missing the cut. Minus three. Francesco Molinari was at zero points. Missed the cut this week. Minus two. They both missed a cut on the fucking number, which is brutal. You just added triangle. Yeah, I dropped uh, I dropped Molinari for Cameron Tringali uh, from Dave's squad after he dropped him. So going into the playoffs in a decent position to get through to events, and I'm hoping he can maybe get me some top 20s. Um, although at the same time, when someone's high up the FedEx Cup rankings and they're missing cuts in the playoffs, it's just more lost points too. So you could take two kind of approaches to this, like just lean on Scheffler and Spieth and Rory to like get me some points in the playoffs and just like let other guys just go away and not do damage or hope to get something out of someone like Tringali. So I'm kind of going for broke. I'm, I'm hoping to maybe get some, catch some fire from those guys. I think I got a weird feeling that Sheffler is going to get his first win within these last six events. Just got a weird feeling about it. Um, I don't know, but that's my squad. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited for my team. I'm really proud of these boys getting together and clawing their way back from negative points. I know that Haley does plan on making moves with Jay day and she's going to be gunning for that third place position. She told me just, uh, you know, earlier today. So, okay, that's fine. Um, she's looking for potential FedEx cup moves right on. Yeah. (laughs) I'm serious. She was saying that. I mean, she's got to make moves because, I mean, people like Jimmy and me are picking up the people that are left before the. the, the, I mean, Ryan's got to go in and grab some guys. (laughs) (laughs) He needs to be quick. Um, This is. I'm just. At the end of the day, if we clawed a a, a third, maybe even a second, I'm just so proud of my squad, man. I mean, what we've been able to pull out after being, I think, negative <laughs> nine points through like eight weeks. I mean, come on. Like, my boys have shown up. It's been a serious comeback for us to kind of claw through and pass people on the way up and just waving out the window. I mean, like three of your boys have shown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know who wasn't one of those? Fucking Ricky, Dave. Sit down. Sit down. 
Dude, throwing some shade at Rick today. Was, I know, but if you're gonna was... throw, if you're gonna talk shit about my team, talk shit about the guy who's on my team that isn't performing. Uh, I'm just saying, three of your guys showed up. That's fine, dude. Performed. Like you could say the same thing about your team. No, you could say that about. You can't even say that about your team. It's fucking Rom. It's just Rom. It's <laughs> Rom and Corey Connors. Yeah, Rom. because I picked Rom and knew he's the best player in the fucking world, man. Yeah, but you can't say like only three of your guys are doing it for your team. Like when you have it's so top heavy on your team, it's insane. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just go on to the second place in the in the league right now, which is Dave's team, which has sixty nine points. John eleven Rom alone has more points than the bottom five teams. Oh, I know. Me and Kid went into this. John Rom is bo- my team, and the bo- yeah it. Yeah, I can't even believe you fucking said that about my team. You it's like glass houses, Dave. What the fuck? Rom has 37 points out of his 69 points, and the next closest person has 14 at Corey Connors. Like, yeah, it is as you Rom has your team strapped to his back so hard, and he's been fucking doing squats the entire season trying to stay in shape to be able to do this. Like, and then he it, goes and wins a major. Listen, my my matchups have gotten me points too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've gotten to be able to coast through fucking matchups. Every single one of my matchups have been difficult. Yeah, because you need to be higher up on the leaderboard, man. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what makes my fucking meteoric rise so impressive. As I've been having to go through the hard bracket. Hard side of the bracket. Don't don't talk to me about the hard side of the bracket. <laughs> let me let me tell you. Let me tell you about being at the bottom. Jimmy, you act like you were you were ahead of me at the beginning of the season. Like the for the first for, for the first like years. fourteen weeks, <laughs> you were you were ahead of me in the league. I've been down here for two years, kid. <laughs> Dave, you got some words for your fucking team? You fucking cunt. Um, well, we recently picked Harry English back up, and uh, he was originally on the team. Second round pick. Um, he came out hot with a win at Kapalua. Got my team five points and then proceeded to miss like two or three cuts. I was like, listen, Harris, I hate to do it, but I cut him from the squad. And then uh, fast forward a few months, uh, he, I'm thinking about picking him back up. He's showing form again. And the week I'm literally having this thought, he goes on and wins the tournament. So you and I are both in that club where we drop a guy and he goes off and wins while we don't have him. Yeah. Um, But so he's back on the squad. It almost looked like the guy I dropped for him, Cameron Trangali. He played pretty well at the open this week. And it was looking like freaking English was going to miss the cut going into Friday. He played like shit on Thursday, but he came through. I think he shot a five under or something on Friday. And he just showed, he showed that he wanted to be on the squad. You know, he showed that he has <laughs> the, the gumption to not lose especially a major week, not lose two points for the team. Who knows what that would have done for my matchup. I don't know if he would have missed a cut, if that would have changed anything, but when was this again? Sorry to say it again. Uh, If he would have, if Harris English would have missed a cut, if it would have affected my matchup this week. No, you're playing Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan's team had negative two points at the end. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Listen, it was good to see Harris do that. So I, I've got I've got a lot of faith in Harris going into the, the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, considering he's pretty far up in the rankings, he has two wins this year, and you know he should be at least getting to the last two you know tournaments of it. So um, 
I'm hoping that he does well. I think he can do well. Um, it's going back to PGA tour courses where, you know, if he's flushing it, he should be making cuts and doing relatively well. Yeah. Um, and you're just four points off the lead at the number one team clings dynasty mm -hmm. where you were saying that my team was lopsided with three guys getting the performance. Clint team only has two guys driving all the points for their team. Colin Morikawa with 33 well, and Louis Oosthuizen with 20. Can I say a couple more things about my team? Sure, go ahead. Um, we, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned Corey Connors at 14 points. Done. Uh, I'm I'm very happy with the way Corey Connors has done uh, this year, uh, as I've stated. Um, I think. You know, he's, he's done, he, you could say he out, has outperformed. I think kids said that multiple times that he is outperforming what he should be doing. Um, Joaquin Neiman, uh, eight points, not exactly what I was anticipating for him. You know, it's not awful, but it's not great. I'd like to see double digits out of him, um, you know, maybe closer to 20, but you know, he's a young, young cat. Um, I'm not opposed to even looking at him next year. We'll see how everything shakes out in the draft, but, uh, I'm not, I, he doesn't leave a sour taste in my mouth. You know, he, he added to the team and uh, he's doing all right. All right. And then we got the boy, Brian Harmon, who uh, was a, a mid-year pickup for me, maybe a little bit towards the end of the year. Um, he's got six points for me. Um, I'm not, I'm not upset with him either, you know, considering he was a waiver wire pickup and um, isn't a, really a name that immediately jumps to anyone's head as a guy to go after. Um and then to wrap up the squad, I got my boy Hoffman at negative two points. Um, my most Charlie. recent pickup, my most recent pickup besides Harris English, um, he isn't really doing much for me. I mean, he just missed a cut this week. He's only played three events for you. Yeah. Like, and he just got he made the cut in the other two. Yeah, I mean, he just you know, I, I, he's still on the squad. I, I can't drop an ad anyone, so he's staying on the squad. <laughs> I mean, let I me trade him, but I don't know who would take him. Yeah. I mean, let's, I'm, I'm curious where he's at in the FedEx cup standings. Uh, if he's in a comfortable enough position where I bet you he's like just above a hundred, like at 90 something, but believe it or not, he's at 29. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, Charlie. <laughs> he's if, if it was just penciling it in now, he's into the tour championship. <laughs> Fucking right. The hop dog is coming to show you what's up. Yeah. In, in position a i suppose um the uh is the clint. It, yeah on the clint's team so I, I spoke briefly on it he, his team is leading at 73 points uh 33 from colin morikawa 20 from louis eustazen and then mark leishman at eight for his top three deliverers deliverers without a single trade the whole season not a single trade the entire season which is true tommy what fleetwood and tyrell hatton both one point and then ian poulter with zero points um you know that's just faith within his squad he's just felt he just knew steady eddie man just i mean who would have thought oost was gonna have the year year he's the, at i don't think anyone truly true i mean the rest of his team like yeah i know we went over my team and it's rom carrying it but like for real is oost in the the most overperforming person on the league well he got him in the fourth round I, I believe he has overperformed most, for sure. Yeah, most overperforming. Yeah. Nope. I took Spieth in the fourth round. He has 27 points. Oh, well, I mean, I, yeah. But not, I don't think Spieth is overperforming what you would expect from Spieth if he's playing well. Yeah. Like, but you can say but, the same thing about Lou. But I yeah, guess. I mean, as far as when people are drafted, I, can, I think 
Spieth has got to be the one that's most overperformed. Yeah, I have the highest earning second round pick and the highest earning fourth round pick. And but this is all stuff that you said going at, at draft night. You're like, my team is either going to be really bad or really good if they all play well. Yeah, except for I'm getting half of that because Rory is underperforming. But yeah. I picked, like I said, I've said this a thousand times. I picked the team I wanted to watch. I wanted yeah. to watch succeed. And I'm seeing that. I, like, Spieth is succeeding. He didn't win this week, but he lost by fucking a stroke or two. And, like, he got solo second. Like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for my squad. I have a feeling that Spieth isn't going to give a shit about the playoffs. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully he, he at least just buckles down and just stays through to the tour championship and just doesn't miss any cuts. That would be nice. That's another reason why. Sorry. Oh, and just for the record for the tour championship, we're going off of the OW OWGR tour championship. Not like the one you come in with like net strokes. Like that's bullshit. Um, I don't know if you're going to get everyone in agreement on that. Well, I'm and the we fucking commissioner. So, <laughs> well, regardless, we don't have to go into that now. Um, uh, uh, what I was going to say is uh, that's uh, what you kind of brought up with the Spieth not giving a shit thing. Like he, he's, he, he, no, he's financially secure. Like the FedEx cup makes a big difference for some guys as far as money goes. And I could see my guys really wanting to do as well as they can in the FedEx cup, you know, well, the boys Rom's like, Corey just like I got a new baby, walking. dude. I got to get all the money. Well, not necessarily Ron, but Corey Connors, Joaquin Neiman, Harris English, Brian Harmon, and Charlie Hoffman. I, I mean, see I'm sure Brian. I, I see Brian Harmon giving a huge fuck about this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And but maybe not Hoffman. He's been on tour for a long time. Has probably got quite a bit of money. And Harris English has two wins this year. Yeah, but, but he wants to stay on tour and he wants yeah. to stay making money on tour. Like I bet you, he's more fearing like I'm. My career's almost over. I got to be able to make some money. Yeah. So regardless, it seems like, or I hope. And it, and I would it seems like almost your entire squad is going to care about the playoffs quite yeah. a bit. My guys, like Rory and Spieth, like I don't know how much they give a shit about it. Uh, do you get into the Masters if you make it into the Tour Championship? Yep. So Ricky might be giving a shit about the the. Uh, yeah, that would mean Ricky has to get to the Tour Championship. I think he's in the top 125 right now or 130. Like he's gonna. Ricky is 119. Yeah, so he'll he'll be in the, as it, as it stands right now if he doesn't play badly and miss some. But cuts. there's three more weeks. Yeah, he might. Yeah, and knows? if it's anything like the majors, he just won't play for three weeks. <laughs> he just doesn't like try that hard to get into events, which is just so weird. The only reason he was in this major, you remember when we were talking about how Kevin Nash should be in if Ricky's in? The only reason Ricky's in is because of his performance at Port Rush. It's not because of his world ranking or anything. Yeah. So it, he was wrestling on the laurels of two years ago, you know? But uh, yeah, I mean, Clint's the guy to beat. We got six weeks left to chase him down. Dave, how far back is too far back? Um, to win this fantasy? Yeah, we'll do, we'll go. To win and then to get your money back. I think Oops Daddy's home is too far back. You could even say the same for Hale's handicap hunks. Um, but I know that Haley's really with Bryson getting on a heater. Back. Like if Bryson, like Daniel Berger's making it to the tour championship without question. Like with Bryson on a heater, Daniel Berger being there, Paul Casey probably being there, like three guys probably in the mix going into the tour championship. You don't think she can do it if they have a strong, strong finish from, from those three? You're talking about just under 30 points. Yeah, but Bryson thrives in those last like five events. Like that's like his, that's where he makes his dough. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not out of the question, but it's you know, you that's that's assuming that Clint's team does nothing, and that's assuming my team does nothing. 
and mine, you fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just said it yourself. Your team's not going to show up for the the. I will say they may not care, but Rory always plays well at East Lake. He always plays well there. So, like, if he's at the Tour Championship, which he probably will because he won this year, like, he's going to play well at East Lake. So I think he'll be around there. Like, Rory will get me some more points coming in for sure. It's just a matter of if Speed's going to give a shit. Well, we'll see. And once again, Dave, your team hasn't performed this year. Rom has performed well this year. So if she has three guys performing and getting points, it doesn't. at the end of the day, Rom can only get so many Listen, points for your team. a lot team. of my team was mid-year pickups. And so... No, Harris English was on your team on draft day. <laughs> mid-year pickups. Well, I mean... The only Brian new Harman. player on your team, the only new player on your team is Charlie Hoffman, isn't it? And Brian Harmon. Oh, I forgot to put the word active next to his name, which means he was picked up. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't had Brian Harmon for very long. Okay, so you have two two of your six are new guys. And I mean, Harris English was off of my team for a while and had a recent win. Like he would have points for me more than he would right now. Like you're... You're going off of my my team's points on fantasy, but like that doesn't mean they haven't necessarily been playing well. Are you sure he would be like, yeah, he would have gotten five points for his win, but how many more cuts did he miss after you dropped him? I, you dropped him after the heritage. I think he had one more cut maybe after I dropped him. It wasn't a lot at all. You dropped him after the heritage. And let's see. God damn, he's 12th in the world. He's actually going up after this week too. Um. After the Heritage, he didn't miss any cuts. After yeah. the Heritage, he would have gotten you two more points, actually. And the five. Actually, you didn't get him for the U.S. Open either, right? No. So he would have gotten you one, two, six, eleven points if he had stayed on your team. That's kind of to my point. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ, he made a huge mistake. Yeah, I did. 11 but points would have put you at... Blame, you can't blame me for doing what I did. You would, have been at, you would be at 80 points right now be, if you kept Harris yeah. English, which would be a seven-point lead. Yeah, well, that's why he's back on the squad, man. I think he can do well in the playoffs. So, Yep, he's flushing it. So I, I just to your like, thing, like your team sucks. They haven't done anything like he... Firstly, he, your team, like... Okay, Harris English should be at, what would that be? 13 points for your team. That's still underperforming Corey Connors. Like, Joaquin is still only getting eight for your team. Brian Harmon, I guess, I, it's mostly like Mackenzie Hughes. Like, honestly, probably, if you kept Mackenzie Hughes and if you kept your entire squad, like how it was, like, you probably would be in better shape. Yeah, potentially. Uh, you know, that's it's a fluid thing. That's the yeah. risk you take. Yeah, you know, I drop people when they weren't but, playing good, and I didn't ride it out. And the one person who's committed to their team the whole time is Clint. Yeah, and he's and he's winning. So maybe like <laughs> people should be patient. I guess. I mean, it bit me in the ass too. I dropped Joel Damon, then he won. Although he did lose four cuts going, <laughs> missed four cuts after I dropped him going into it. I'm pretty sure I'd still be if I kept Joel Damon the entire time. I'd still be losing points from him. Um, but you know that's. I think it's going to be an interesting stretch coming down the line. Um, Jimmy, right now. He's not in the chat anymore. No, later, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> uh, so you said too far back is Oops, Daddy's Home or Haley potentially to win? Yeah. So you think it's a three-horse race right now? For yeah, I think for first, it's the first three, us three. And then um, 
to for third what do you think to, like to, to get, get money back you think i know that's what haley's gunning for she just wants to get her money back which i think is definitely possible you think it's andy's team or tj's team um, i mean i'm at 58 so i would say probably andy's team is probably the furthest back yeah you even go. you could be like eh, i don't know but yeah probably Andy's because that's what that's 23 points back from me yeah andy's you never team. know what dj could do and Finau and camp i mean his team isn't awful yeah honestly hit if there's a team that's underperformed the most this season it's probably andy's andy I mean... andy's or jimmy's but Andy's is every pick is strong. Like, but but I mean, he got kind of Tiger getting into a car accident didn't help. Well, I, I even him picking him, it was he picked him with his wasn't it his last pick? It like, was his last pick, yeah. Yeah. Or no, it was second to last pick. He picked Sergio last, which is kind of crazy. But um, look, I, Tiger wouldn't have the, our issue with Tiger on draft day was that he wasn't going to play enough. Like, but I bet you he would have had positive points for his team. Like Tiger doesn't miss that many cuts. Even he when he didn't have positive, he had exactly zero last year. Like I know it's a different league, like stuff. But last year he had exactly even points for me. No points. He didn't hurt or help my team. Yeah, but it was only yeah, it was only top tens, and he got hurt halfway through that season, didn't he? Well, it was wins and top tens. Yeah, wins, wins and top tens. Yeah, and he won. Didn't he win? The Masters and it was missed cuts. And he won the Masters when he was on your team, right? On my team, yeah, um, yes, I, I, yes. Or wait, no, it was no, during COVID. It was, yeah, it was the year no. before that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I'm. I probably agree the same. I think it's probably a three horse race for the win. Um. I would need to see a big playoffs from from Chef, uh, for the most part. I I would love to get a point or two from Tringali coming in and just staying positive. That would be great. Um. Rory just like getting me maybe hopefully a few more top tens would be great. Speeth just still giving a shit would be great too. Um, but yeah, I think three horse race for the for the win. And then I think probably down to maybe with a long shot with in fifth place, I think it is, or sixth place that Andy's squad can maybe get in the third. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm excited to see this this uh final stretch of the fantasy season i think it has been a successful season yeah best season yet for sure and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it i think we'll uh you're gonna have to bring back the uh the photoshop things for a- an update at the end for the yeah. instagram yeah for sure um cool i uh, i got nothing else on the fantasy uh, i think the next thing to pay attention to on the calendar is uh, i don't know uh, We'll, we'll we'll figure it out maybe it'll probably be like tour championship if if some, i actually have if there's an exciting playoff event that happens like a great finish we might talk about it i actually have something i want to do for the pod before the olympics but not oh yeah we have the olympics but besides that like i don't have any other events that i think it'd be like oh we gotta talk about that but we can maybe do like really short burst ones about like fantasy updates coming online and like how the playoffs are shaping up mm. maybe talk about like what we'd like to see the playoffs be um versus how they currently are but yep i got nothing else i'm really stoked about this week congratulations to more cow on his open championship win yeah great, champion great, golfer of the great year vic- great victory and bright future two two majors now you you're joining another very exclusive club um very bright future for colin and uh, i'm stoked to watch it unfold um 
appreciate you guys listening to the podcast um and we'll see you next time peace